We're living in turbulent times. The, the media every day is filled with stories designed to frighten us, scare us. And on today's podcast, we're going to examine uh, some of the issues that, uh, that lie between you and a happy retirement. And Stop the Guru also returns. So please stay with us. We got a jam-packed podcast today. Money Matters USA with Fred Sage. And you also need to work with your advisor to create multiple income streams. You're at the right place for information every week regarding all the components of a successful retirement plan. Asset allocation is really a driving force for how much your accounts are going to grow. Fred Sade is a financial fiduciary and retirement specialist. I have to put the client's interest ahead of my own pocketbook at, at all times. I must be able to justify why I'm making the recommendations. Money Matters USA with Fred Sade. Money Matters USA Podcast 102. And the reason I'm giving the episode number is that we are fast approaching the two-year anniversary of this podcast. And we're going to have a big uh, big shindig here, a big uh, party when we're to celebrate the two-year anniversary. That's coming up in a couple of podcasts. It is Money Matters USA with Fred Sade, founder and managing director of the firm of the same name. Fred is a fiduciary. Uh, he is uh, has been in the financial arena for years, so wealth of experience and a PhD in economics from Duke University. Fred, yeah, I, you know, it's funny how time flies, too, that we've been doing this for two years now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's just amazing. We actually started with a radio show, and then we transitioned yep. into uh, the podcast. So we've been doing this for even longer. Um, That's true. You know, and you have stressed the you know the importance of having good, proper, sound planning for retirement, no matter the economy. I mean, good economy, bad economy, the challenges that we face now. And I guess you could say we're going to look at some of the standard rules uh, that have been around for a while in the retirement universe. I'm also interested in getting your take on how many of these rules or how well they did uh, standing the test of time or withstanding the test of time uh, and uh, how at least maybe they're a good starting point. Now, I know you've mentioned this, Bill Bingen, on this first rule here, the 4% rule, the person who first articulated this, even backtracked on that. Isn't it just a more custom approach? Can can you can you explain for us first off what is the four percent rule? Okay, um, essentially what it says it's 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 very linear, very straight line, and all it says is that if you have a sixty forty portfolio, sixty percent equities and forty percent bonds, you can take out four percent every single year. And then in addition to the 4%, you can take out an amount that will cover the, the growth of inflation. If, on the other hand, there's deflation, then you would, you would just take out the 4%. Now, Bengen's rule does not uh, care about the economy, the market, the market's up, the market's down. You just do your thing. And uh, it's a good place to start. No reason not to start uh, with it. Uh, there are lots of studies about the 4% rule, and uh, Morningstar has done a number of them. They had one where it was, uh, oh, about 3.3%. Uh, then now they're saying it's over 5 Bengen himself says it's over 5 
plus plus uh, inflation. Um, I I I just think it's an inflexible rule uh, because it is so linear, and and spending doesn't necessarily follow uh, that pattern. It's it's not it's not deterministic. It doesn't it doesn't flow in a straight line. It, it people have to adjust their their spending uh, based on their their based on the amount of money that they have and and their lifestyle and what they want to accomplish and and their own behavioral twists that they want to throw on it in terms of uh, do they want to spend money now do they want to spend later are they not interested in traveling or whatever it is and that's um, you know that that's up to the that's up to the individual so I think it's a good place to start. Uh, try, it's a tried and true kind of thing. It's like you put up a fence post and say, you know, this is this is the corner of my fence, and and then you you adjust uh, you adjust from, uh, from you know from from there. But I I would not um, you know just rely uh, on it uh, because it 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 does not properly reflect. How people spend money. The other thing is, um, while it has a high, it has a fairly high success rate in the United States. If if, if markets be- behave the way they're supposed to behave, that that bonds of offset volatility of stocks, uh, which is not necessarily the case when they when they are when stocks and bonds act pretty much the same. Way the then the the four percent rule does, is not going to help you if bonds act like equities and equities act act like equities then then everything is pretty much moving in the same uh, direction and, and that becomes uh, challenging. So, I mean that's about all I can yeah. you know say about that. Uh, there are. Um, well, the only other thing I would say about it, there are um, people who research this on a monthly basis, and they can give you the monthly adjustment uh, on on what the, on what this rule is. I mean, last month it could have been five point one percent, and then another month it it could be, you know, three point three percent. So it's all over the map. This next rule. The rule of 72, I guess um, you can't say that's outdated. Uh, no. uh, it's just it is what it is. Uh, how does that work? Well, you, you well, it's, well, what it tells you is that at, uh, at different interest rates, it'll tell you how many years it will take for money to double. And you can use it either way. In other words, if you want to get to a particular number, you can do the reverse. What 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 do I need to earn in order to get to this number over what time period? And the other side of it is if I have um, something at a particular rate of interest, divide that by 72, that'll tell me how many years it will take for money uh, to double. So it's it's a it's a useful rule of thumb it, it's usually used more more with uh it, well it can be used with uh, with equities but you know just from a 
uh, reference point because you don't know what the equity is going to do. Uh, but um, on on fixed income or or um, or, or bonds or or, some, or dividend paying, uh, you you can get some idea of how much money you would get over over some particular uh, time period. I, I think it's still useful uh, as a metric. Uh, and and it's a very you know a very simple pen and paper calculation or a very simple calculator type thing. You don't need a a functions calculator. To mm-hmm. do it. There's no I, it's useful, um, and, and there's no reason you know not to not not the math to use works it. right. It can't yeah, be outdated. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. true. That that's true. Math is reliable. That that is that is one that's a, that's a you know that's very useful because people will you know use math to try to confuse you but but certain basic things are you know are valid. Another thing is that this is a calculation you know that is not subject to assumption. I mean you can use different calculators online, but but they they may have different assumptions, and you can use two calculators that that are presumptively give, looking at the same thing and wind up with two different results. With the rule of seventy-two, there's only one result you're going to wind up with uh, if you you know unless you make a math mistake. Yeah. Well, that's true. Exactly. Uh, this next one isn't really a rule. It's just I think a mindset. For some reason, we're just uh, many people think, well, 65, that's retirement age. I mean, we know some of the reasons there. It is Medicare starting age. It is. It yeah. used to be full retirement age for Social Security. Yeah, right. Um, I, I think that's the, that's the big issue, that somehow retirement at 65 is, is hooked to Social Security. I'll retire today and go down to Social Security office next week and, and put my papers in and, you know, and, and, uh, and, and turn Social Security mm-hmm. uh, on. It's, it's definitely irrelevant uh, uh, today. And anyway, 65 was a made-up number uh, to start with. Right. And, and again, it's just a Social Security thing, which is the reason I think that they hooked Medicare on to uh, 65, because you retirement was 65, Social Security was 65, Medicare started at, at 65. I can't think of any other, uh, you know, uh, a reason, you know, for, 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 right. do, for doing that. And uh, today, RMDs are, are not at age 65, uh, any, you know, not, uh, not any longer. So, um, yeah, I, I, you know, 65, uh, 65 isn't as, as meaningful uh, today uh, as it was uh, years ago. And, and there's, there's, another, there's another consideration that I, that I think is, is worth, you know, talking about. I, I don't, I don't want to, you know, beat, beat my chest here like a lot of people do and, you know, trying to convince people to defer Social Security. There are a lot of really good, valid reasons for, for, for doing, you know, for, for doing that. But no matter what you say, people are going to do what they, what they want to do, even when they go through the Social Security planning process. But what I find is that people who don't work with an advisor uh, aren't cognizant of the impact of, of longevity. Because oftentimes when they're asking you a question, will my money last? It's real, that's really your longevity. 
uh, question. They make assumptions about how long they're going to live based on their family history. That's important, but mm-hmm. it's, but it's not determinative. Uh, and what's what's more what's more uh, relevant um, is a new study that was done at the Retirement Institute at, at Boston College. And this is a fascinating study because it, it really is counterintuitive. You know, what people assume that if they, if they live a certain number of years, let's say they're 65, let's take that as an example, they figure that they're in the, they're in the sundown uh, time portion of their life, that they've lived most of their life is behind them, and now they're in the final chapter, and they're going to live a few more years like, like mom and pop did. And, uh, you know, and, and that's it. And what, what the study found is that the longer you live, the longer you'll live. Now, that may, now that may not. The longer. Oh, the, right, right. I, I actually get that. Yeah. If you get to a certain point, you've, you've made the, you've, you've won the test of time. You've got some more time. That's, exa- that's exactly right. So if you think of it as a runway, you uh, you normally a runway you run out of space and the and the airplane lifts off the ground off of the ground yeah in this case the runway gets longer and and you get and you get more time and it gets uh-huh. longer and it gets longer and and longevity has extended so really the question of will my money last is really a longevity question will it last on an extended longevity that's the that's the real issue, and and I find that folks who are not advised have no idea about about their longevity. It's not something that they really think about, and um, they they just they, they look at the social security uh, numbers, which which is a life expectancy calculation. That's completely different because longevity is measured from your current age and not your birth age. Well, life expectancy is measured from your birth age, and and COVID certainly reduced life expectancy, but it did not reduce longevity, and that's that is the key point. Uh, people are living longer, and and uh, you know unless unless they were you know heavy heavy smokers, uh, that that is heavy smoking. Uh, is 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 a key in in uh, shortening longevity. You know, there are other contributing things: diabetes, uh, you know, alcohol consumption, but but uh, tobacco use is 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 the key uh, uh, key driver. So on an extended longevity, then you know it, it, all the other things that we talk about, you know, follow because this, the, the the longevity is really the decisive issue it's 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 like coal being pressed into a diamond that it it just exerts force on everything else looking at the um this one could be outdated and we'll get fred's take on it the 60 40 stock bond rule well i'm not a fan i am not a fan i was just of, thinking of, where of, bonds of, are now too you know yeah uh well, the other thing is you know there are alternative investments you know that that you can use and that people uh, do use. So I think this is a rule of thumb that has outlived its its usefulness because there are other assets and other asset classes that you can you can use. So I don't I don't think this is uh, this is valid. And uh, Wall Street 
in some of the publications that serve Wall Street are spending a lot of ink trying to rehabilitate uh, 6040. But it, it, it is not something that I would uh, necessarily uh, rely, rely on. Now, uh, if you if you own, uh, you know, if you own a, um, oh, a, a uh, say, a registered index annuity, a RILA, um, and uh, you you get a choice between a uh, a cap, uh, an upside, uh, and a floor on a downside. And if you go and if you go with the upside, uh, that that um, which caps out uh, your your um, your upside, um, but that is akin that is akin to the sixty forty. Uh, portfolio that you're going to find uh, in, in the, in the RILA. Uh You won't find it so much uh, in the fixed index uh, annuity, but but you might, depending on the index that you that you select, depending on how that index operates. So uh, you know the Wall Street firms are are still are still using that, but you as an individual investor, you may you may have some money in those directions, but you don't necessarily have to have it in the rest of your portfolio. That's, that's a choice that, uh, that, you, that, that you can make uh, because you don't, you don't necessarily want to be locked out of other assets such as commodities, for example. Uh, they, they will uh, you know, improve the, the, the yield that you're going to get and the growth that you're going to get on your portfolio and therefore extend the life of that portfolio. So I, I just mentioned that as, you know, as one. There, there obviously are others, uh, treasuries or uh, treasury ETFs uh, are, are another one right now because of the, um, money, because of the interest rate that's on, that's on cash. Uh, right now, which makes cash a, a real asset, and uh, certainly uh, life insurance uh, uh, can be can be highly effective, um, uh, uh, particularly uh, uh, when the market is is down. Uh, life insurance can be a very excellent source of uh, of income, uh, and um, and uh, and also um, has uh, tax advantages. Uh, particularly uh, both at death and and, and during life. So I mean those those are just uh, a, a few examples that I think uh, are just on sixty forty portfolio. The other thing is when when you go to the efficient frontier and you're using a fixed index annuity, you can actually see the impact uh, on the efficient frontier of how it shifts the efficient frontier and and, and makes their uh, and makes your returns uh, that much uh, better, and, and de-risks the uh, the the uh, the uh, the 60-40 uh, portfolio. So th- those are just some observations that I have. Well, I'll, and finally, here as it relates to risk, um, what is the rule of 100? And is well, and I know some people have even amended that due to longevity. Yeah, I, yeah. Uh, well, the rule of a hundred or the rule of one ten is you you just take your current age, subtract it, and whatever that answer is, that's the piece that goes into equities. Um, uh, because of the extended longevity, it's not the rule of one ten. Um, you know, it, again, this this is worth you know discussing. 
and um as a starting point at least or yeah absolutely i mean uh, these are you know uh economists say and then what do you say uh you know it's 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 individuals are going to have their own you know their own rules and, and the rules may not be as cut and dried or as or as rational you know as uh you know as, as these you know uh, shortcuts these these uh, rules of thumb mm-hmm. um you know make it appear now we do need rules of thumb but they're but they're very very generalized it's a one size fits all and and everybody is different you know in in terms of uh you know in, in terms of what they want what their goals are what their lifestyles are what their attitudes are for money how they grew up what, what was you know was money near uh, and available was it uh you know, they have to live uh, largely without money. Do they go to sleep hungry at night? Uh, did they have enough food to eat? Did they have new clothing? Did they have to wear hand-me-downs? I mean, I can go on and on, mm-hmm. you know, with, with this. This is why our initial conversations usually last two hours. Because um, we're, we're trying to find out all these things because it, it, what people do, you know, we'd like to think it's all rational, but it's not. I mean, there's a lot, a lot of, a lot right. of behavioral and, uh, and psychological stuff, you know, uh, you know, going on. And uh, again, there have been studies, you know, about this. How much money do people need to be happy? Uh, and what we, what these studies show is that if you come from an uh, from a family where there wasn't a lot of money. Um, you need a certain amount of money, usually something under $200,000, and anything above that uh, will add to it, but it won't make you happier. And if you come from a lot of money, well, just it doesn't appear to be any limit uh, on, you know, it's the sky's the limit, because uh, the, more, the more you earn, you, st- you still get happy. I mean, it, there isn't a cutoff. There isn't a cutoff point. And this is interesting. It's, it's new research. It, it revises, uh, you know, uh, uh, Kahneman, who is one of the authors of Prospect Theory, uh, his research on this, uh, he admits now, was flawed uh, in proper methodology, uh, improper conclusions drawn from it. He had a different set of, of conclusions. He, he redid the newer the new, using the newer methodology, and he found that what I just said is accurate. Uh, so, you know, it, it, research is constant, and that's why you have to be open to, mm-hmm. to continue to learn. And, and, and that's, why, that's why planning is not a one-shot deal. Uh, it, 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 it's, it's ongoing. Life yeah. is ongoing. Things change. Yeah. It's, yeah. In the economy, legislative changes, in your life, uh, and you know the the fact that we aren't living longer it's it's a different game now it requires uh, some revised strategies and that's different for everyone because Fred takes a custom approach talk about it you can and that's wherever you are listening to this podcast with Fred you can reach out with a call to 800-593-8188 800-593-8188 in fact we've got uh, contact info there on your landing page for the podcast and you his fred's website moneymattersusa.net if you click podcast it links you to where you can um, just listen directly to the podcast and scroll through uh all the other 101 podcasts we have that's moneymattersusa.net 
Well, uh, Fred, it's back. We took a little break from it last week, but stump the guru time once again, and that is straight ahead. And now a nightmare retirement consultation. Yeah, no pain, no gain, right? No risk, no reward, right? We're going all risk, see? We're going to put everything you got in the market. You're going to love it. Don't walk, run from that office and go to your future retirement partner who has your best interest in mind with a retirement plan that includes growth, protection, and income so you can sleep well at night. Call Fred Sade at 800-593-8188. That's 800-593-8188. Money Matters USA, we're back with the podcast. Yes, you can reach out to Fred with that number just given, 800-593-8188, and also at the website, moneymattersusa.net. Fred invites you to click the red light on the dashboard or the red light program tab and learn about that. Uh, You can click podcast and hear all the other 101 podcasts we've done. Uh, And you can also there on the podcast tab, you'll see Stump the Guru That is where you can submit your question to Fred uh, to be answered on this podcast. And as as Fred will admit, if he was somewhat stumped, even if he knew the answer, but it required some research to give a more detailed answer to you, he calls that a stump. And so he makes it worth your while. You got a a prize out of that little gift from Fred. You absolutely do. Yeah. We've had a couple of those. We've had a couple of stumps. Yes, we have. Yes, we have. And... uh, yeah, uh, in the in the last two, we we uh, did we sent them a card that they could use at um, one of the national movie chains, and, nice. and enough on there to get uh, you know get popcorn, candy, soft drinks, what have you, wow. enjoy themselves. Hopefully, stadium seating in the movie at movie house they pick. And it's not cheap to go to a movie anymore. Didn't oh, you just no. see uh, the new uh, Indiana Jones movie? Yeah, um, the going price here was seventeen ninety five, a ticket, and for seniors it was thirteen ninety five. Wow! They they look at seniors anybody who's over fifty years of age. Wow! Okay, that is well, not cheap. No, it's not. I mean, you and haven't even gotten popcorn yet or a yeah, drink. That's what I was. Go- that's, what I was yeah. that's what I was going to say. Yeah. They, they give they give you a shopping bag. My wife ordered popcorn at a shopping bag. <laughs> really? Pop- I kid you not. I mean, and a shopping is, and bag. And I don't mean a I don't mean a small shopping bag. I mean, it's a mid-sized shopping. What happened bag. to like the bucket they give you or whatever they you know? Oh, the, uh, a, uh, was it really in a huge. shopping bag? Yeah, yeah, ah. yeah. Uh, and 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 then the her drinks were in a separate uh, a separate bag because I couldn't. Into shopping bag. Man, well, she finish. oh my gosh! I, even, I, I'm not a popcorn fan, but even I said, "Well, there's so much." I guess I'll have. You know, I can take it or leave it too. unless I'm in a movie at the theater, and I have to have it. And not only that, but um, you know how you sit in there forever till the even before they even start the trailers, and then yes, you've got yes, several yes. of those. And I have to really, really, really have dis- discipline myself to not eat all the popcorn before the actual movie starts well you know they had they had a thing on there and um the uh, announcer said now uh, do you have enough candy and enough popcorn to get through the movie <laughs> did you eat it 
people. You know, uh, <laughs> really, it's true, though. It's true. Remember, um, I heard the story uh, years ago that this was banned very quickly into it. This is the story I've heard that they would splice in in the middle of a movie um, as a subliminal marketing oh, yeah. effort. They, just a little picture of popcorn or a drink. Yeah. And they would splice that into the film where your conscious mind did not even know you saw it. Is that true? I don't, I don't know, but that, that's what I, I You've heard, heard that, that too heard. then. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, years ago, they would stop when you got, you know, two feet, you know, you got a, an A feature and a B feature that yeah. was an hour, and then you got one or two cartoons, and maybe you got one cartoon and, and the movie tone news. Mm-hmm. I mean, then they would stop. So that you would go to concession stand. <laughs> that's how they make know, their money. Yeah. Theaters, you know, it's a. Uh, well, t- I'll tell you, uh, <coughs> excuse me, that if you join some of the movie clubs with some of the chain theaters, and if you order, you know, food, you, you can actually order food. You can get, a, you know, a home. Oh, yeah, now. yeah. Uh, beer. Uh, you want a beer? Yeah. Uh, or, you know, candy, popcorn, whatever. Uh, they will give you the movie tickets free. If you buy the food, All right? So they're okay. not making. Uh, they're obviously not making the money on on the movie tickets. Oh, I don't know not. how that, you know, how that that works out for them. But they, they, they probably make still money have to. on the food. Yeah, they probably make a little bit on that. Uh, it's just like uh, convenience stores with the gas. You know, that's not their big yeah. money maker. They they need to get you inside. Yeah, well, you got to yeah. come inside to pay. Yeah, a lot of times. That's the uh, hook. Yeah, a lot of times you do. I mean, I usually throw the old card in there, but I'll tell you one thing I do check on, and maybe it's paranoid, but I don't think it's paranoia here. Uh, if I use my card in the at the gas pump, I check and pull on the thing where you place your slide your card in just to make sure that it's not one of those things that scammers put in to read yeah. your card. Because that, yeah. that's true. That happens. Oh, so yeah. it's not yeah, a bad absolutely. idea to check absolutely. that. It just, ha- it just happened to my wife. Uh, blew, they blew out her, her card. We had to put a stop uh, on the car. Really? She noticed yeah. it? How did she notice it? Did she? Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, we, we got, um, she has a thing that every time there's a charge on, on the house account, uh, she gets notified on her phone and then there are a bunch uh, of charges she said, and she said to me, "Did you make these charges?" I said, "No, I don't even know what they are." And there were charges in other states as well. They had read her card, you think, at the gas pump? I mean, I I tried, I checked that. It's not the stations doing it; it's scammers. Oh, it's the, one of the attendants. Well, it was it was either it was either at the gas pump, which I don't think uh, it was, because it was uh, it could have Costco. been anything. Oh, right. I I, I don't think so. Well, I don't blame Uh, the convenience stores for it anyway. I think people can just go up to it and put those in. She she went to a restaurant with one of her girlfriends, and I think that's where it happened. Okay. You never know anymore. I mean, thank goodness they they will reach out to you if something looks suspicious. Well, here we go. Uh Yeah, well, the the bank... didn't uh they have uh, done it you know on other transactions uh but they didn't do it on this one because it looked like a restaurant you know like a plausible thing oh uh, anyway. okay okay 
Uh, you got to be careful. It's a scary world we're in. So yeah, somebody out to scam you. I heard a story just the other day. Then I'll get to this question. Uh, and I wish I could pull it up because I heard it on the radio that young people, you know, it's always been the elderly falling victim to scammers, but now a lot of young people are. I need to see if I can pull that up. But here's the question uh, from Stump the Guru, and thank you to the uh, podcast listeners submitting this. I'm 65, and my husband is 68. We both retired at the end of last year. Our investments total $1.1 million. These are in my husband's 401k and profit sharing plan. Now, I have an IRA worth $50,000. My husband has filed for Social Security, and I'm uh, deferring, hopefully, to age 70. We plan to stay in our home. We have a mortgage. We want to travel and visit our grandchildren, our children and, and grandchildren. What I want to know is, can we be independent and comfortable with what I just laid out for you? Okay. So my answer, my approach is to look at where we start. And the starting point is budget and cash flow. Now, I also... She also told me that they their goal is ninety thousand of annual income, and they live in a no income tax state. So, the so she wants. She's also asking me: Is there a gap between my assets and the amount of money we want to spend? And if there's a gap, how would you fill it? <laughs> so a lot right. of questions uh, here. Yeah. Um, now, she told me that her husband's Social Security is about 50000 a year. They want ninety. They have a $40,000 gap. And if we take the $1.1 million and multiply that by 3.6%, we roughly cover the, the shortfall. Now, the problem with that approach is that it immobilizes the the one point one uh, million dollars they can't move it they can't do anything with it and um, should the market correct which it does regularly um, they may be in a situation where where it would be very dangerous to take out the forty thousand uh, dollars or to get to it they would have to sell. Uh, something and and decrease the size of the portfolio, and that would put them on on a downward trajectory. So all of these these issues, uh, you know, would be present if they're entirely dependent on a portfolio uh, approach, on a probability uh, approach. So one alternative, one alternative is to purchase an income annuity. That would require about 660000 and that would close the gap. Now, they can do this as a joint life uh, annuity, and that would free up 440000 which could be invested either for income or for growth, uh, and they could draw income uh, if they go that route or growth, then they would be skimming something off that uh, for income. Now, another alternative would be to purchase an income annuity and ladder the balance of the uh, portfolio so we can close future income gaps. Uh, a third alternative is, is to purchase income-producing assets. Uh, in other words, create, create a, a barbell-type strategy with, with income-producing assets you, and U.S. Treasuries or ETFs 
for the for the same uh, purpose. They might also throw in a a, a fund that uh, is a contra type uh, fund, uh, which which goes opposite. Uh, to the way the market is performing. And right now, uh, contra funds are doing pretty well. Those are tactical. They're, ap- they're actively managed. And don't forget that the wife's Social Security is going to come online at some point, and that's going to that's that's add income in. So if I, we come back to the original question, is the 1.1 million portfolio enough to retire on and to maintain independence and a comfortable Lifestyle it really comes down to three considerations. Uh, first of all, what's the annual spending goal? How much money do they really need or want? Two, what's their risk tolerance and risk capacity for each of them? And are they the same? Are they different? How does that need to be uh, figured in adjusted and adjusted portfolio to reflect the risk tolerance and risk capacity of both of them? Uh, and they may not be the same uh, for both. And third, how much of that 1.1 portfolio is taxable, tax-free, or tax-deferred? Right now, it's all uh, tax-deferred, and that means that all their income is taxable as ordinary income, and part of the Social Security is going to be taxed. And since they are pre-RMD, they do have time for tax diversification to lower the tax cost and give them a larger legacy uh, estate uh, if, if they want to leave something uh, to their kids and their grandkids. So and they also have three years to, to really get moving before the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act expires at the end of 2025. So uh, I would suggest a free initial virtual call uh, using our red light on the dashboard process. And I think that that would be beneficial uh, to this couple. Definitely. And you can uh, access that. Fred mentioned the red light on the dashboard program. Click that tab again, red light program at moneymattersusa.net. That's uh, moneymattersusa.net. We were talking about scamming. Oh, and by the way, if you want to submit your question to Fred, because I think clearly that was not uh, uh, stump the guru, but you could stump the guru uh, with Fred. And, and he, as he just said just a moment ago, um, that was a very generous gift for the uh, last person who stumped him that night out at the movies and the card for that. Just go to uh, moneymattersusa.net, click podcast, the drop down there, you'll see Stump the Guru, moneymattersusa.net. We were talking about scamming, and I, I had read that, I told you I'd read that. Now, this is according to the Federal Trade Commission. More people in their 20s fell for some online ruse than people in their 70s. So, wow. yeah, isn't that amazing? Ooh. Uh, I mean, they're getting really, really good at it and getting really good at it and just wait until AI continues to grow exponentially yeah. as it is uh, yeah. and see where that goes. Uh, well, Fred, um, we, not next podcast, but the one after that, we have the big two-year anniversary. But we um, certainly do. we're back at it again next week. Hope you will be with us. These drop every Friday. Uh, that's our weekly podcast, Money Matters USA.
Investment advisory services offered through Money Matters USA, LLC. Fred Sade and his guests provide general information, not individually targeted personalized advice, and are not liable for the usage of information discussed. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles should not be considered investment advice or a recommendation to buy or sell in any of these financial vehicles. This information should also not be considered tax or legal advice. Individuals should consult with a professional specializing in the fields of tax, legal, accounting, or investments regarding the applicability of this information for their situation. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investments will fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested. Any comments regarding safe and secure investments and guaranteed income streams refer only to fixed insurance products. They do not refer in any way to the securities or investment advisory products. Fixed insurance and annuity product guarantees are subject to the claims paying ability of the issuing company and are offered through Money Matters USA LLC. By contacting Money Matters USA, you may be provided information regarding the purchase of insurance products.